Welcome to China in Focus. I'm Tiffany Meyer. In today's special episode, we sat down with Ross Kennedy, founder of a U.S.-based logistics and supply chain advisory, Fortis Analysis, and senior fellow at Security Studies Group. He sheds light on why China is buying up our farmland. Zooming in on the Chinese corn mill project in North Dakota, the Fufang Group, and how a federal agency just ruled it has no jurisdiction over that purchase. Let's zoom in. Ross, thank you so much for joining us. Great to have you back on the show. Thank you, Tiffany. Appreciate you having me. So let's start with the controversy around the Fufang Group, the wet corn milling farm in North Dakota that's close to the Grand Forks Air Force Base. We've covered that for months, and it seems now this federal agency decided that CFIUS does not have jurisdiction to stop this, and so Fufang Group is allowed to go ahead. What do you see about this? Like, why is this so significant? Well, there's like a lot of things that, that have been tied up with this case. This is either a case of uh, firsts or at least firsts where the some of the details and some of the behaviors and all of that are available for analysis in a public way. CFIUS, by and large, is a very confidential process. It is a national security review at its at its heart. Uh, so the what has become known publicly has almost invariably been because Fufang or uh, their collaborators, the city of Grand Forks, have decided to go to the media with information, share very specific details. And so we know a lot more about this simply because they're more willing to talk freely and publicly uh, in some ways. In a lot of ways, it seems to be a uh, CCC, we're not guilty, we're talking about these things. Uh, but at the same time, typically, uh, details of CFIUS transactions aren't uh, available publicly because it is it is supposed to be a confidential process. But being voluntary, people can talk out of school and sometimes choose to do so. So from that, what we we have more details available to analyze. So it's difficult to say, well, this case versus another case. What we can say here uh, is a few things. Based on the public record of what's been known, this was a what's called a covered transaction uh, versus a covered real estate transaction. So what CFIUS was trying to determine is, do they, based on the facts of the case, do they have the jurisdiction to formally review and investigate and issue a ruling on uh, this from a national security standpoint, this specific transaction that was under review, which was the purchase of 370 acres uh, of farmland about 12 to 13 miles from Grand Forks Air Force Base for the purpose of building a wet corn mill. The explicit covered piece of that that CFIUS was trying to determine, do they have the, the jurisdiction to make a ruling on it or not to take control in some way of the circumstances of that transaction and make it right from a national security side. The only piece of that that they really could look at was the actual purchase of the farmland itself. Did it or did it not meet certain requirements and thresholds? Ultimately, CFIUS held uh, that the farmland is not a covered asset class where it is covered as a uh, an asset of an American company and on that merit alone, be able to be brought in for review as a transaction or a covered transaction by CFIUS. So they didn't say, we've looked at the data, everything's good. Uh, there's no risk with Fufang, the deal may go forward. All they said was CFIUS under the law, FIRMA, that CFIUS operates under with its authorities does not have the authority to pull this in and make a national security review recommendation on that. That does activate and open up other agencies, other entities, other authorities within the U.S. government, uh, some within Congress, some within the executive branch, to now begin to take a look at the details of the transaction 
and make a more immediate assessment of it. Is it a national security threat or not? And if so, what can be done about this? The main point here, and this is very important as, as relates to what are the lessons we can draw for other cases in the future, is that the city of Grand Forks very transparently and very openly did everything they could within their legal authorities to pave the way for this transaction uh, forward, both at the state level and at a federal level. When you look at the timing of rezoning, you look at the timing of purchases, of the land, you look at the timing of a lot of these things, there was a number of thresholds that had to be cleared from a legal, you know, legality standpoint and a regulatory standpoint to get us here. And so to structure the deal in such a way that it avoided CFIUS oversight and that it did not run afoul of North Dakota Century Code's rules on foreign ownership of land in the state, they threaded a very narrow deliberate path here to make sure this transaction happened the way it did without the ability of CFIUS to pull it in for review. So we will likely see a pattern of behavior similar to this by Chinese companies working with cities hand in glove to construct transactions in such a way that it really minimizes the chances for CFIUS to step in and take a jurisdictional approach to this and say, hey, we need to review this, this is not right. The other key thing you look at here, this transaction was announced uh, that, that land was gonna be bought in November of 2021. The land finally was sold in April of 2022. April 28th was when the land deeds were, were transferred. That's six months of constructive notice where CFIUS agencies had the ability to review this, pull it in, stop the transaction in some way, shape, form, or fashion, intervene in the process to stop it and conduct a review. They waited until after the fact, till the land was already sold, and then kind of said, well, well the sale happened, the land is done, uh, it's already moved on, we don't have jurisdiction now. There was a lot of, of misses here, deliberately so, I think, on the part of some of the CFIUS agencies to not have to review this and then be able to kind of throw their hands up and say, well, we did what we could. Well, they didn't truly do what they could. They're, they're, they knew about the transaction months in advance, and really with the exception of maybe one or two agencies involved in the process, didn't really seem to show interest in this until July when it became a enormous kind of storm in the media over the 4th of July weekend, starting with the CNBC report, layered on top of all of the early reporting that was done by Epic Times, NTD, some of the other entities who were first to this story, Beck TV in North Dakota, who, who understood the risks, tried to warn about it. Uh, eventually their hand was forced at CFIUS, but it was months too late to really do anything about it. And Ross, it almost sounds like there's, you know, a lot of corruption on our side. It seems, you know, a lot of legislations are saying all the blame is the Chinese Communist Party. But what does this show in terms of our own legal system? Well, it's one of these things where um, when you look at when the horse gets out of the barn, do you blame the horse for doing what the horse is going to do and try to escape? Or do you blame the person who forgot to lock the door to the barn? And in my view, by and large, an adversary of the US, it doesn't matter if it's Iran, it doesn't matter if it's North Korea, Russia, China, or anybody else, you can anticipate and expect that they are going to exploit every loophole, they're going to exploit every means within their, their arsenal of tactics and tricks and strategies to undermine the national security of the United States. Is that acceptable? No, it's not acceptable, it cannot be, but it's not unexpected either. And so when we, 
allow our own people, our own officials at the political level, whether it's at the city level, county level, state or federal level to help the adversary circumvent national security protocols. Those are the honestly the individuals and, and entities and organizations that I have a bigger concern about. I'm madder about this uh, in terms of wanting to maybe try to find someone to blame. I'm madder about CFIUS not doing its job. I'm madder about the city of Grand Forks, the administration doing everything it could to circumvent this. I'm mad at the state of North Dakota for bringing this deal to the city of Grand Forks, pushing for it to be in Grand Forks, and now throwing their hands up and saying, well, this is the city's responsibility, not ours. When I look at the chain of custody of who could have done what, who actively worked against the interests of the U.S. to make this deal try to come to fruition, I'm much more upset with them than I am at Fufeng or at the People's Republic of China. Frankly, I expect that from them. We must expect better and hold our own accountable for creating these opportunities for the enemy to do their work inside the United States. And it does seem, as you mentioned, all the media reporting of this, that there is a growing awareness of, say, foreign entities, whether that's China or Russia potentially buying our land. There are certain states taking action against that, but it almost sounds like it's more the root issue of profit. Like who who in the chain of command is kind of breaking away for their own profit? So how do we really defend against that then? Well, number one is, is that whenever these uh, Chinese companies come to the United States with the promises of economic development, they're exploiting gaps in our own industrial manufacturing and uh, infrastructure base. So in the case of the Texas wind farms, it was that that part of Texas uh, can be pretty deficit of energy at certain times a year. And the, the tax credit structure for wind farms, the need for additional energy in that part of, of the state of Texas, all of that was exploited to say, well, you really need these wind farms. We'll buy this land. We'll take on the burden of building it. We'll put energy back into the grid. If Texas had been doing its job on managing its energy grid better, there wouldn't have been an opportunity for someone to come in from the outside and say, hey, we've got the ability to, to fix this problem for you. It's the same with the corn milling. They were going to come in and make, you know, Fufeng wants to come in and make uh, human food grade ingredients, things like monosodium glutamate, maybe xanthan gum, or animal feed ingredients, things like threonine, lysine, valine, tryptophan, amino acids that go into the animal feed process. If we were had an abundance of that manufacturing capacity managed by domestic entities, there would be no opportunity for an outsider to come in and say, we promise hundreds of millions of dollars in economic development and an ongoing robust uh, jobs base if, they're, if the market's already full up of those types of products. By allowing our manufacturing base to degrade, we are allowing opportunities for the entity to come in and gain a foothold on the basis of promising things that we do, we, we do need because we haven't taken care of our own needs ourselves. And that's where the states have begun stepping in. That's where Florida and Texas, Texas had to step in because of that big giant wind farm deal in our Laughlin Air Force Base uh, in Southern Texas. Florida has stepped in, Ron DeSantis is doing what he can as a governor to lead on this issue. In my view, particularly states that host military bases and military infrastructure, those states in particular have an enormous responsibility to lead on this issue. We do have other opportunities at the non-state level, uh, things like the Farm Bill uh, is coming up for 2024. We could put provisions into the Farm Bill about foreign ownership of land or land that has been received uh, payments from the U.S. government in the last 10 years. 
not being able to uh, be purchased by foreign entities for at least five years after receipt of government payments. Things like that need to be thought of and implemented at the state and federal level so that we don't have opportunities for, for entities to come in and exploit. It's a multi-tiered approach. It takes a lot of collaboration and cooperation, but it is good in the case of Texas. It is good in the case of Florida. Uh, recognition by both North Dakota and South Dakota, Florida on the issue of TikTok, on company phones. Those types of things are welcome steps in the right direction, very encouraging signals. And that's momentum that we can't let go of. If anything, we really need to accelerate uh, that type of thinking and public awareness. That was Ross Kennedy, founder of U.S.-based logistics and supply chain advisory Fortis Analysis and senior fellow at the Security Studies Group. And after a break, we hear more from him on what the Chinese regime's endgame is here in buying up farmland in the U.S. and what steps concerned citizens can take. That and more in just a minute here on China in Focus. Welcome back to China in Focus. I'm Tiffany Meyer. What is the Chinese regime's endgame in buying up farmland in the U.S.? And what can concerned citizens do? We continue our coverage with Ross Kennedy, founder of U.S.-based logistics and supply chain advisory Fortis Analysis and senior fellow at the Security Studies Group. And so expanding on that, is the solution a state-by-state -state basis or is it like the government coming in and having a whole federal level law or what exactly would be would it look like in action so I, I guess if i was king for a day right my ideal state of this is that it could be done um, at the it should be done at the state-by-state -state level the states really the way the united states is constructed is that the states themselves are factories of innovation from a policy side manufacturing cultural best practices all of these things and where it works in one state other states have the ability to adopt that legislation or model it tweak it at the local level Doing it at the state level also gives us the opportunity for both the civilian and the military infrastructure to cooperate closely in real time at the local level. Every state has National Guard units that are subordinate in some way both to the governor of the state and to the Pentagon. The National Guard could play a role in vetting some of this information, vetting some of these entities before it ever gets to a CFIUS level. And they can play a role in cooperating with the state to say, hey, is there a is there a potential problem here? And if there is, notify that to the DOD team that, that is part of the CFIUS process and give them some awareness early in the process that, that this deal may be happening long before it's ever actually sold to a foreign entity. Those types of things could be done at the federal level, certainly uh, supporting things, providing uh, federal oversight funding mechanisms to help the states do these things would be very, very good as well. And in particular, targeting those states where we do have a lot of military infrastructure, especially uh, Air Force and Space Force installations that do a lot with data transmission, telecommunications, aerospace type things. Those really seem to be the types of installations being most targeted uh, by these efforts to acquire businesses and land uh, by China within the U.S. It does really seem to be clustered heavily uh, around Air Force and Space Force installations, at least at the current time. And on that last part, it seems especially with the Fufang Group deal, it's showing it's not necessarily just about the land, but really what's next to it, right? These like intelligence agencies. So what exactly is at stake here? What is the Chinese regime trying to do here? 
So two things. Um, everything that every every Chinese company, uh, and regardless of what anybody says, Fufeng USA is a U.S. domiciled subsidiary of a company that is domiciled in the Shandong province of China. It does not matter that they're traded in Hong Kong. It does not matter that technically they're owned in the Cayman Islands as a way to construct a variable interest entity uh, to reduce the level of oversight they have by the PRC government. They are a Chinese company. Fufeng USA is a subsidiary of that company. So when we, we talk about that, then we know that that company is subordinate to the 2017 national intelligence law that China has and the 2020-2021 national security law that basically says any company, any asset, any human being is subject to the will of the Chinese government and of the Communist Party of China. Given that, it does not matter what the commercial interests are for the city of Grand Forks. It doesn't matter that the U.S. really could utilize these animal food and human feed ingredients. When we talk about this, the data architecture itself that could be utilized at Fufeng, the ability to passively and actively observe the activities of the facility and within the local area, the ability to establish very low visibility, passive and active collection equipment that's designed to grab data from the air, so to speak. And all of those sorts of things are very low visibility, very difficult to detect types of activities, and they are already done inside the United States at Chinese-owned uh, facilities. They are done worldwide at Chinese-owned facilities. The United States does the exact same thing. Every embassy from all of the major governments have the ability to do these sorts of things, and we have to play this game and pretend that, well, we're not doing this, they're not doing this, but when it comes to land ownership of the U.S. when it comes to allowing them and welcoming them in. There is a difference between what we know uh, is happening maybe at an embassy when it's an official embassy of another government. That's a quantifiable threat. When it's uh, a piece of farmland being owned, a business being built, and the claim is that there's no risk or no challenge, we know what the capabilities of the adversary are. We know what our own are. And so it's really not a delicate game the same way it is with official embassies or diplomatic outposts. This is quite simply a, we know you're capable of doing it. We know you have the means, motive, and opportunity to do it. So we are going to say no preemptively to you being able to do these things. That should be the basic way we approach this issue. We have not done it. And so passive, active intelligence, signals gathering, electronic intelligence, counter espionage, all of those are the types of things that could, could be done there and that we know are done there at similar types of facilities uh, you know, in the U.S. as well as around the world, not just by China, but by anybody who's involved in the great geopolitical game. And Ross, it sounds like this is a threat that really impacts everyone. And we are seeing certain states take actions like South Dakota, Texas and Florida, like you mentioned. But since it impacts everyone, what can the concerned citizens do to really help make sure that laws or something is in place to really protect them? Absolutely. So citizens have, depending on the state, have a lot of ability to influence their uh, their local political leaders, their state representative, their state senator, even their mayor, uh, to create a groundswell of support for similar sorts of legislation in each state. You would love to see these things happen in a Missouri, uh, happen in a Louisiana, happen in California, happen in the Dakotas. As these things are become known to the public, the citizens that have the ability to should take action. They should demand that similar legislation be passed in their own states and be a part of making sure that that legislation works and is targeted correctly. The other things that citizens can do quite simply is if you see something, say something. National Guard units, law enforcement agencies, 
the FBI, which may or may not choose to act on such a thing. But certainly there are a lot of means available to civilians to be able to, uh, if they are aware of, of a company coming in, uh, there's a demonstrated pattern of similar behaviors and promises and uh, acquisition of land close to military installations, things like that. There is a pattern of signatures of detectable signatures that happens with these. If they see something and they note something, gather the data, push it to somebody who may be in a position, push it to a staffer for one of your representatives or for one of your congressmen. Do those sorts of things and even just that of blowing the whistle. And even if it turns out to be nothing, that's okay too. That's okay too. But if you see something, say something, agitate for demand legislation that mirrors that of what's happening in Texas, South Dakota, Florida, elsewhere to cure this issue at the local level while the federal government gets its act together on the problem. It sounds like awareness is key here, but any it's last words? Part. No, I uh, appreciate you guys continuing to shine a light on this issue. Um, we are blessed with an abundance of resources in the United States. Uh, there are times that I realize we are maybe at least at the federal level, not blessed with an abundance of common sense on these matters. We put financial motives and we put political considerations ahead of what's right for our country. And uh, I think we will get there, I do believe in, in, in this, but it's awareness and it's action on awareness that goes a long way. So uh, that, that would be my encouragement to people. We will get this right, but the harder we work on it, the faster we work on it, the faster we'll get to that better end state. Ross, thank you so much for joining us. Great to have you. Thank you, Tiffany. That was Ross Kennedy, founder of U.S.-based logistics and supply chain advisory Fortis Analysis and senior fellow at the Security Studies Group. Thanks for watching China in Focus. I'm Tiffany Meyer. See you soon.